It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I'm Martha McCallum. I'm Brett Baer, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, February 25th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. A massive world power has invaded their smaller neighbor. So what is Ukraine supposed to do about this Russian attack? And I think the strategy is to allow the Ukrainians to fight as long as they can. Um, And whether that takes a couple days, a week, five weeks, who knows? But one thing that has not been determined is what Putin would do next if he were able to topple Ukraine. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. Ukrainians in Kiev huddled up in shelters for the second night of shelling as Russian forces begin to surround their capital. The Russian president, Vladimir Putin, calling on Ukraine to overthrow their leaders, while Ukrainian leadership is urging citizens to take up arms and fight this invading force. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. I don't remember a war in modern time where everyday citizens had a phone in their pocket and they were doing videotape at what they saw and sharing it with the world. Fox News anchor Bill Hemmer has seen it all over the years, having covered conflict in person in years past. Today, we're getting his unique perspective on this Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's not to say that wars have not been viewed on television in the past. Of course they have. But generally, it's been from television networks. Um, And the access to a battle where the military is taken on the military is you have no access to that. Right. But in this case, you you have fighter jets flying over neighborhoods. Um, And I you have women going to the window of their apartment recording an explosion a couple hundred yards away in daytime. And that, that, that's that's a substantial difference, I think, with this conflict. So yeah, far. it almost gives like a first-hand point of view, because I saw the videos as well with the fighter jets going over the neighborhood. And it's just like one of those things that is so bizarre to mm-hmm. see, because that's not like an everyday occurrence you see with these fighter planes and big-time military, military equipment right where you are. And I think you make a good point there is that in wars past, we didn't have all this access to smartphones as much and social media as much. And that really is playing a big part in it so far. So, all right, let's talk about the actual conflict itself. You've got Russia attacking the Ukraine. Some of the latest developments here are that Russian President Vladimir Putin, he's calling for the Ukrainian government to step down, essentially, and putting military pressure and violence and aggression on the Ukrainian people to do that. Where do you see that part of it going? And where do you see the world's reaction to the idea that Putin, who really is technically a dictator of Russia, calling for a democratically elected government to step down from the Ukraine. Well, I think um, to understand the context of what that offer came from the Kremlin, we were about 36 hours into this conflict. That's that's pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe Kiev is toppled in the next day or two, or, or, or maybe it's not. Maybe this is a protracted battle that no one can foresee. Um, however, I, I thought it was propaganda. Um, I thought based on Zelensky, the Ukrainian president's um, reaction thus far, there's no way he was going to concede to that uh, to right. that request. He hasn't left. 
So the reason why you put it on the table is because you want to come back in 24 or 48 hours and say, hey, we gave you a way out of this. Right. And so I, I just see that as a tactic on behalf of Russia. Yeah, absolutely. Scary stuff. Again, we're speaking with Fox's Bill Hemmer, Fox News anchor. has been here for a long time. Bill, you've been doing this for a long time in this business. I don't want to say where does this rank because that's not really fair. But how do you feel about this? Because you've seen a lot of bad stuff. I mean, this summer we had the Afghanistan withdrawal. And I remember yeah. speaking to you after and you said that, yeah, we deal with a lot of craziness on a day-to-day basis here in this job. But this one specifically, Afghanistan, was particularly hard. Um, what about this in comparison with not only Afghanistan, but just in other big-time conflicts or wars you've covered during your yeah. career? Yeah, I would say that the situation in Kabul mm-hmm. was brought home, and I think what we talked about at the time was that C-17 rolling down a runway with 20-year-old guys bouncing off the side of it. Yeah. It's not supposed to happen that way. Right. But again, that was video. I mean, that, that was the image that was captured, that was shared with the world, and then it's up to us to try and interpret and understand it in our own way. And mm-hmm. that that was simply beyond the pale of believability. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what happens next. Nobody does. That's why we're watching. It's a golden question. How far does Putin go? How far does he want to go? Uh, one scenario I, I can see play out um, is this. And that is if Kiev is toppled and the capital city goes down. By the way, no small town, three million people. There are four other cities throughout Ukraine that have an excess of a million people each. Uh, this is no small country. It's the size of Texas, population 43 million. That's moving a lot of humanity human beings over a wide area. So I, I don't I don't know how you get that under control in air quotes right. with 150,000 members of the Red Army. I, I don't know. Um, and that, that's a calculation that Putin made that he could cut off the head and get everyone else to capitulate. If the Ukrainians are true to the word that they've expressed to the world, that they're ready to pick up arms and go ahead and fight in the street or inside their own home, there's a scenario that develops in your mind, and that is this. You have Russian tanks that are patrolling the streets of Kiev, and you have a street or a building or an apartment or a house where the Russian army is taking sniper fire on a daily basis, and they bring in the tanks and they fire into that building or that apartment, and come what may, they continue firing until they take out the gunner. Yeah. And that gunner, in all likelihood, it, it, it might be a soldier or it might be a father who just said goodbye to his daughter a few days earlier. We're speaking today with Fox News anchor Bill Hemmer about the Red Army of Russia invading their Ukrainian neighbors. Big stuff going on in the world right now, and we have more coming up next. All right, let's talk about the uh, possible refugee crisis that could be going on here. I mean, this has played out the world over in the past 20-plus years in different places around Europe, North America, but you mentioned all the people in many of them who are being attacked in their homes What's the latest on that? Where are these people yeah. going to go? Are they going to flee? I, I remember in the late 90s in 1999 when NATO fought a 15,000-foot air war over Macedonia. And uh, sorry, I was in Macedonia. The war was over Kosovo, just to the north and the other side of the border. And that province used to be a province um, was basically emptied out. 
And I was in the refugee camps on the Macedonian side of the border, and you had trains that would essentially run north-south, and the train tracks stopped once they crossed the border, and it was tens of thousands of men and women and children. And these were these were middle-class families, and they had shops, and they were lawyers, and they were doctors. And now, you know, and one day they're in their homes, the next day they're living in mud in a refugee camp. And I remember speaking with a member of the UN at that time, and I said, what's the big challenge for you? And they said, honestly, this is more difficult than what we do in Africa. I said, how is that? And they said, because there's an expectation on behalf of the people here. They they had homes. They had livelihoods. They had cars. Mm And in Saharan Africa or Sub-Saharan Africa, you don't have that. And I said, well, how would you take care of the people in Africa versus the people here? He said, well, pretty much we, it, was, it was bread and water and rice and sometimes a piece of cardboard to sleep on the desert. He said, here, the people's expectation is so much higher that the level of agitation goes higher sooner. I thought that was very interesting. And right. I think that applies here. You know, Ukraine's a modern country. And the U.N. earlier today is expecting five million refugees. So that goes into Poland, that goes into Romania, that goes all points west. Um, Getting there is one thing, right? And and then being housed and taken care of in another country is it's a whole new challenge. And I I just think it's an aspect of the story that's going to play out in a way that it's going to shock a lot of people. Yeah. Um, this is humanity at its um, most desperate level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Bill, we had reports today that uh, Ukrainian civilians were being given firearms. They were being encouraged to make Molotov cocktails, if need be, to throw at the Russian soldiers and stuff. So it's getting real there. Um, but as far as the Russians entering the capital of Ukraine and controlling it, I mean, is are they going to even be able to do that with the Ukrainian government in place? Will the West allow that? Yeah, I think the West, unfortunately, is um, allowing Putin to pass on this. And I think that's been the calculation. Um, it, it was stated very early on that President Biden said U.S. troops aren't going in. I'm not being an advocate for that, by the way. I'm just right. trying to understand the strategy. Um, and I think the strategy is to allow the Ukrainians to fight as long as they can. Yeah. Um, and whether that takes a couple of days, a week, five weeks, who knows? But um, that decision has been made. One thing that has not been determined is what Putin would do next if he were able to topple Ukraine and build what he has referred to as a, as a land buffer, essentially, uh, between the West, the rest of Eastern and Western Europe. Where would he go next? Would he go to the Baltics with Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania? Would he? I, I don't know. Um, but I will tell you, John, in the buildup to this war, In the last 60 days, in the north in Belarus, and in all along the border with Russia to the northeast and east, the Russian military was substantial in its establishment. And many an expert came on our air, and there was not a consensus as to what Putin was going to do three days ago. So it's impossible, I would say, to predict what he would do three months or three years from right. now. Right, and it's not just the analysts who didn't know. Our leaders didn't know either. Right. I mean, they were unsure on where, to, when to put the sanctions in, what types of sanctions. And now one of the big questions here is, how come President Biden isn't directly sanctioning Vladimir Putin for all this? And why are there so many exceptions in these sanctions for things like energy resources, all the way down to the wood? You're not allowed to yeah. sanction Russian wood exports right now. So there's still a lot of holes in these sanctions. And there's another question about that about 
if we impose sanctions before this all happened, might have we been able to deter it a little further? Obviously, this is all kind of hindsight stuff at this point, but there's a lot of questions. And I think that just kind of speaks to your point about the West can't really do much about this, or they at least are choosing not to. Yeah, I would say on the point about sanctions prior to the invasion, it, it was stated that they wanted to hold a few cards back. Right. Um, that's what the administration said repeatedly. Well, okay, they held a few cards back, and Putin did what he's did. Um, with regard to the gas and the, the energy supplies in Europe, uh, this is a very interesting twist. I think there needs to be a significant debate about whether or not NATO truly has the unity that has been stated this past week. Right. Um, and I think it also has to be stated, who is the real leader um, of this organization in the year 2022? Is it President Biden? Is he the strongest leader? Is it Macron in France? Is it Boris Johnson in London? Will one of these or someone else step forward to make sure that the unity of NATO is indeed true and honest? Uh, Putin's testing that. And we're going to find out if Putin's right or not. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.